We are here to answer a very important question. Did Dunder Mifflin overpay for Michael Scott Paper Company? Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay but before we do that, Tapan, I hear you've been traveling. Yeah, I did a road trip with some of my friends from north of Spain. Started from Barca to south of Spain. It was super fun. And we were gone for three weeks, which is the longest we've been away from this podcast since we've started like about a year and a half, two years ago. Yeah, while you were traveling the sunny streets of Spain, I was binge watching uh, Office. That's when I came across this episode where Michael starts his own company and then gets acquired by Dunder Mifflin. I was like, maybe we could do like a fair price uh, calculation for Michael Scott. And it would be a good exercise to uh, understand how DCF uh, model works and how valuation in general works. Let's get started. The first input for our DCF model is the net profit. In order to know what the net profit for Michael Scott Paper Company is, we'll have to take a derived approach. Uh, we'll first calculate what the sales of Michael Scott Paper Company would be. And we know they post a lot of clients from the Scranton branch of Dunder Mifflin. So we'll calculate the annual sales of the Scranton branch. In order to know the annual sales of Scranton branch, we'll calculate the annual sales of Dunder Mifflin overall. And in order to calculate Dunder Mifflin's annual sales, we'll look at uh, the compar their competitors. And one of the biggest competitors that is mentioned in the show is Staples. In fact, Dwight even goes to work for Staples for a period of time. We'll look at Staples' uh, income statement and try to calculate uh, the Michael Scott Paper Company's fair value. I understand nothing. It's a long-winded road, but stay with us. Uh, the first step is to look at the to find out what the sales of uh, Staples was in 2008 and looks like the sales was about 19.3 billion dollars now staples is actually a pretty big company even in 2008 it was like an international company and only a part of the 19.3 billion came from united states uh digging deeper into the annual report we can find out that about 14 billion dollars of those sales came from the united states staples has multiple different uh, business lines and the lines, uh, business line that we are interested in is actually in office supplies. That is what Dunder Mifflin does. And in order to compare the two, we'll only look at the office supply sales in North uh, in United States, which is about 40% of $14 billion, which comes out to be $5.6 billion. Now, the total employees in 2008 for Staples were about 75,000 employees. And this includes full-time and part-time. We looked up uh, the total employees for Dunder Mifflin and we came with a rough number of about 300 to 400 employees. We'll scale down this revenue for Dunder Mifflin by 200 times or 0.5%, which makes the estimated annual Dunder Mifflin revenue in 2008 to be 965 million dollars this is not as much fun as i thought it would be it was fun when we weren't on the brink of bankruptcy we're going bankrupt you think so during our uh, extensive research we found that there were 14 uh, branches of dunder mifflin uh, over the course of 10 years that the show ran uh, and dunder mifflin scranton consistently outperformed most of the branch so if we divide this revenue equally 
uh, among all the branches, but give Dunder Mifflin a little bit of an edge. It turns out Dunder Mifflin would be contributing about 10% of the sales of the company, which makes the Scranton branch annual sales to be about 9,650,000. I know that's a lot of numbers for a fictional company, but stay with us. Uh, we're almost done. I'm gonna kill myself! Wow. I'm going to kill myself and it's your fault! Now, let's say they, uh, Michael Scott uh, was able to capture 10% of the client base of uh, Scranton branch, which means uh, the total sales of Michael Scott for that year would be about 965,000 or about a million dollars. We know that he's going broke, he's undercutting uh, the competitors, but eventually, let's say in three years, if he is still, he, if he's in business, he will turn profitable and will give him the lower end of the profit margin, which is about 2% for any paper company during that time, which gives our first input to be 19,300. So the next input is profit growth rate. And I looked up the paper index uh, from 2008 to 2018 and the index grew at about 1.5% which means the prices of paper increased by 1.5% every year. Let's say Michael Scott was also able to grow their profit. The third input is the discount rate and we'll use 8%. Uh, we discussed why we use 8% and how do we calculate discount uh, rate in previous episode. All right, the terminal value is what the company would be valued uh, at the end of 10 years for the rest of its life. It's a little bit complicated, but for now we'll assume that uh, Michael will run the company for 10 years and then it'll just close it. He won't sell his, his business or there won't be any cash flow after the 10th year. So as we discussed before, for the first three years, uh, they just break even. They don't make any profit. So the first three year profit is zero. And from the fourth year, they start making a profit of 19,300. As you can see here, the profit is 19,300, but the present value is less than the profit. That is because we are, we are discounting the number and bringing it to present. As Warren Buffet has said that the fair value of any asset is the sum of present value of its future cash flows. And if we do that for Michael Scott Paper Company, we get to the fair value of $89,712. During the negotiation, the first price that David Wallace offers to Michael Scott is $12,000. And David Wallace is the CFO, so he knows about all this. Are you kidding me? That is insultingly low? I'll see your situation and I'll raise you a situation. Your company is losing clients left and right. You have a stockholder meeting coming up and you're going to have to explain to them why your most profitable branch is bleeding. And he ups the offer to $60,000, which is still lower than what the actual fair price is, but it is at least closer to what the actual company's value is. While $60,000 was closer to the company's fair value, Michael actually goes back and negotiates a counter offer where instead of buying a fish, they're asking for a fishing pole. Basically, they're asking uh, for the jobs back. We looked at what the average salary would be in the in the Scranton area. Uh, the median household income in Scranton is about $45,000. And let's say uh, since this is white collar jobs and 
uh, Michael is experienced and he's the manager well he earns 50% more than the median which makes his salary to be around 67500 Pam would be earning a uh, median salary which is 45000 Ryan is a temp uh, which means like well let's say he earns 10% below the median which makes his salary around 39000 dollars which is a total of 151500 dollars and let's say they don't get any raises because we know Michael is very bad at asking for a raise I declare bankruptcy If we apply the same discounted cash flow model here the total value for this buyout is actually 1,997,904 which is what David Wallace says when he means that this is a multi-million dollar buyout. Do you realize what you're asking for here? You're talking about salary plus health benefits and dental this time. insurance taxes social security for three people this is a heck of a lot more than 60 grand you're talking about a multi-million dollar buyout it is actually a multi-million dollar buyout which is actually great for michael scott and company not so much for dunham if so to answer the question did dunham iflin overpay for michael scott paper company Yes, they did. In fact, they paid 10 times more than what the company is worth, which tells you a lot about David Wallace. And no wonder Dunder Mifflin goes bankrupt months after the acquisition is complete. David Wallace was not a great CF. And that's why you should always look at the management of the company when you are buying a stock. Okay, bye. Can you do any better on salary? Unfortunately, that range is set at corporate. What about mileage when I use my car? I mean, gas ain't cheap, you know. <laughs> We think that 25 cents a mile is pretty generous. How about 27? And uh, when I make long-distance calls, will they be monitored or is it on the honor system? Okay, thank 